Hey everybody and welcome to the grand final edition of Steve's NRL Footy Tips for 2021. I'm your host, Steve Westway. The final edition of Steve's NRL Footy Tips for the year. This is the 41st episode in 2021. I've done 41 editions of this since March. I want to thank everybody for their support so far and pretty much in the entirety of the year. We have one game left to preview. It's a big one. It's the grand final. And it is going to be the Rabbitohs versus the Penrith Panthers. A week ago, I don't think many people would have predicted that would be the grand final, especially at the start of the year. And obviously going into the prelim, Penrith with a huge upset. We've got a lot to talk about today. We're going to preview our Clive Churchill predictions, our first try score predictions. We're going to talk our favorite grand final memories. And of course, we're going to preview the big game itself. I can't do this alone. I've got four big guests to help me preview this round. And the first man I'm going to introduce, he's basically a regular on the show at this point. He's a... He's a long-suffering Dragons fan. Welcome to the show, Matt Cosaroo. Long-suffering. Cos, how are you today, mate? Yeah, I'm good, mate. I'm good. How are you? Good, thanks, mate. It's it's going to be a big week. I'm nervous for this grand final, being a Rabbitoh supporter, but ready ready for oh, yeah. it. Nerves will be kicking in a few days to go. <sighs> mate, I remember back when you uh, didn't have any greys, back when uh, the Dragons were in their grand final, but, you know, <laughs> you might get there again one day. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't. We didn't. Uh, my next guest, he was on the show three weeks ago previewing the Parramatta Newcastle game. Obviously, Parramatta won that game and they got eliminated a week later. I think he's still upset uh, because of some of the referee decisions from that contest. Welcome to the show, Josh Duncan. Hey, guys. Um, you know, you brought up the old battle scars I've tried to bury in the last two weeks and just brought up the emotions again. So, you know, it's going to be a tough one. <laughs> Plenty to talk about for sure. Don't worry, we'll get we'll get into that. Uh, next up, I'll introduce our new guest last, but returning to the show also. Really, they got robbed in week one of the finals. If someone just passed the ball, Patrick Herbert, uh, you, they could be in this grand final right now. The Gold Coast Titans. But welcome to the show, Mister Matt Dupont. Yeah, man. Look, well, you're excited about making a grand final. I was just excited to make the top eight. And really, we were robbed, and this this really should be our weekend. Let's be honest. I don't I, I don't think South's had a chance against you, mate. But we we're in the grand final. We had to we had to go on. We couldn't uh, couldn't feel bad for Gold Coast forever. Welcoming to the show for the first time. He is a massive Penrith Panthers fan. He's a good mate of mine, uh, leading back from the last ten years. Welcome to the show, Ethan Inskip. Skip, how's the nerves going, mate? The big dance is on Sunday uh-huh. night. I'm still a bit baffled that I'm here, really. Um, I didn't expect to get past Parramatta, but um, here I am in the grand final two years in a row. You're not just in the grand final. You've also got the prestigious honour of being a guest on Steve's NRL Footy Tips. Yeah, the grand final show. The grand final show, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. All right, guys, so first up, let's recap last weekend's games. and I'm going to cross to... Cos in a moment to give his thoughts on the Friday night encounter, but it was the South Sydney Rabbitohs defeating the Manly Seagulls 36-16. Manly's bus got delayed, and in that first half, it almost looked like they didn't get off the bus because South Sydney <laughs> were dominant. They took a 22-0 halftime lead, and really, Manly just couldn't play their natural game. They just couldn't get into the match. Cos, how do you see last Friday night, and uh, were you surprised by the 20-point the result that South Sydney ended up winning by? Yeah, it was a little surprise. I thought it was going to be a lot closer than um, than it ended up in the end. But I thought South started a bit slow in that first 10. But 
uh, fix their fix their stuff real quick, and um, yeah, they're just too good for Manly in the end. I'll also ask uh, Doopy for his opinions in this game, Matt. Uh, how do you see this game? I, you said when you're on the show three weeks ago as a guest that Manly were definitely definite contenders for this premiership. Ryan Girdler on Triple M uh, Saturday Grill, I believe, a Grill show a couple of weeks ago, said that he thought that Manly were flat flat track bullies and they they could not compete against the top four sides in this competition. Uh, if anything, last Friday night kind of proved him right. How do you see the situation? Yeah, no man, that's a that's actually a fair statement. Um, Obviously, you look at the best games they've played this season, the games where they've racked up big scores, they certainly haven't done it against a big team. The only sort of big team you can say they did it against was the Roosters in Week 2, who just looked out of gas. Um, so, yeah, fair statement. And to be honest, man, like watching it, I wasn't really surprised with the scoreline simply because... You know, when you guys are on, like, you tend to rack up the score. I, I don't think that there's any team that plays that entertaining brand of footy like South when they're on. Well, when Jake Barracos was on the show last week when he was a special guest, I said that in my point of view, whoever won last Friday's game was going to put a score on and win it by a significant margin because I think both the Rabbitohs and Manly are high-momentum teams. When things start going wrong, they sometimes... Both sides don't have a tendency of not being able to overcome it, but if things are going right for them, they can rack up points quickly, and we saw that on Friday night at the Rabbitohs for sure. Because uh, the Tommy Turbo situation, he obviously won the Dalian medal last night for one of the best seasons we've ever seen an individual have. The Rabbitohs just did a great job shutting him down and really getting over the top of the forwards. Manly, do you think they're going to be contenders next year? And do you think that the Rabbitohs having the kind of easier... We can say easier game because it wasn't as tight going into the grand final. Do you think that uh, last week took a lot out of them? No, I don't think last week took anything out of South. I think they'll be ready to go Sunday night. But um, definitely see Manly up there again next year. I don't think they'll have a slow start. But they can't just rely on Tom. Like, um... Oh, fuck. <laughs> I'll take over. I, I, it's all right, mate. I saw a, uh, I saw Cherry Evans and four, and they really had a chance to kind of cement, you know, cement the cement their status and help uh, Tommy out in the match, and they just couldn't capitalise. Seahawks just kind of dominated no. up the middle, and as I said, it looked yeah. like they didn't even get off the bus at all. So, no, no, not at all. Josh and Skip, any opinions on this game before we get to the second game, which we'll get more of your opinions from? But how did you see that one on Friday night? Either one of you. Um, well, I mean, Manly just looked flat. And the fair comment about the flat track bullies, I mean, they if you have a look at their um, history this year, the scores against the top four sides are just not there. That's because the top four sides can defend Tommy. Even if Tommy does well, like he still played all right in that game, but they, South's just shut him down, and it just had proves two, that... Two, uh, no tries. Yeah, the, yeah those no tries, but if if you shut down Tommy, you shut down Manly, it just doesn't speak well for, like, Daly Sherry Evans, who's on a massive amount of money, who just throws it to Tommy to do all these things. It just That's what shows... I- how poor the halves are. That's why I question the whether... The forward pack got bullied. Like, their, yeah. their 
forwards sure. were absolutely bullied. Like, I, I thought, like, watching the game, like, it, it was close to Dry Arrow's best game for South by Spy. He was great. Him and Tom Burgess. Like, off the bench, yeah, him, and him, him and Tom Burgess coming off the bench, they just laid a platform, and Manly's forwards just couldn't. couldn't I, I, they obviously off the bench, but he's yeah. I mean, like losing Sean Kepi early, I didn't think really affected them that much either. They just I don't know. South forwards just outmuscle them. Yeah, well, I, I, this is why. So, Cos said early that he thinks Manly will be right up there again next year. They need to find something other than Tommy Turbo. And that's not saying that there wasn't 16 other guys having a big effort out there, but their consistency without him aren't great. And if something does happen to Tom Turbo next year, then Manly could find themselves sliding down the ladder. If he gets a you know a, a season-ending injury at some point, they could might, might find themselves not even making the eight if we go off this year's performances. Yeah. Well, due to reports, Luke Garner's the only player that they're apparently going to sign. Apparently, he's close to joining them, but... They don't have any money to sign any other forwards. I think that's what they need. Like, to power that are good players, but they don't really have that one forward that can sort of, you know, they don't really have an enforcer, in my opinion. And Olaquatu could have done that as well. Olaquatu's good, but he's not an enforcer, in my opinion. He's more of an edge. Like, he's just just a good, like, hard-running edge back rower. I don't think that he's going to add that sort of enforcer role. We'll obviously get to Penrith in a sec because I think Pangai being out's massive because um, he was the enforcer last week for sure before he yeah. went off. Need someone but, yeah, yeah, for me, Manly just don't have that player. On, on Manly, um, I just think that in the next two or three years, we're going to see that Josh Schuster uh, really develop into like a Wade Graham type yeah. player down that left side there. But I just think he's yeah. too flashy at the moment. He wants to, everything's a, a no look pass. If he if he threw a, a pass where he actually looked, it'll probably end up in row three or four. He's got that but natural. Everything's hitting the target. He, he's got everything's that. Everything's hitting the target yeah. now, while he's catching pass. But I think he's got a nice little short kicking game, and um, and South just shut down Turbo as well. Um, Cam Murray and Damien Cook in the centre there. That's where he, he was making all his meters throughout the season just up the middle um, off the back of um, Lachlan Croker and Cherry Evans um, but yeah they just shut that down um, he, he's oh, I don't know how he didn't get lock of the year Cameron Murray but um, he, he, they really shut down Turbo through the centre there you can you definitely make a good point in terms of Schuster as well because he a lot of times he will push the pass and as you said um, but we saw his natural ability we saw his natural ability when Manly got points on the board. He set up that try, that first try. I think it was Ruben Garrick um, down on that yeah. left-hand side in the second half that they scored. But well, maybe it was the second try. But regardless, if he can, uh, you know, definitely time his moments and, and think about... It just comes from a life experience. Him and Oluquatu would both be better from this yeah. year. Look, but... he, he had to run the ball more as well. He only had about 40 metres or something, Schuster, in the whole 80, 80 minutes that he yeah. played. Like, he, he, as a second rower, and especially someone as talented him, he, he's got to have his hands on the ball as much as he can down that left-hand side with Turbo. I think that uh, in the off-season, we'll see him put on some a bit of weight as well, maybe a bit of muscle, because obviously going into this year, he wasn't preparing himself to play in the second row. So I think that also kind of... For him to be taking 20, 25 carries a game, like making 200 metres plus a game in the second row, he's got to put up a bit of 
a bit of mass, a bit of muscle, if you ask me. So, But Manly, we'll see what they do next year. But obviously, South are way too good last Friday night. Yeah. Manly tried way too hard. Absolutely. After they scored that first try, they'll just try way too hard to come back and nothing worked for them. Let's... The first half was pretty much summed up with Cherry Evans tackling himself over the sideline. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> that pretty much summed up Manly's first half and that's how, how we'll remember their final against South. All right, let's move on to the Saturday game now. And it was Pendriff with a huge upset against the Melbourne Storm, uh, winning that game 10-4. to It was a gritty game. It was a classic finals encounter. Melbourne seemed like the week off actually disadvantaged them. They seemed out of it. It was a poor performance, especially with the ball in hand. But they, they fought. But Pendriff, it was a gritty, gritty win. They had been beaten up the last couple of weeks. And... Uh, Skip, as the Penrith fan on the panel, how do you see that game? And, mate, if you asked me a week ago, and, and on this podcast I said, I didn't think Penrith were a chance, but they they went out there and got the job done. Well, when we lost to South, that, I kind of wrote, wrote us off. Uh, as much as a loyal fan, I thought we'd go, um, we'd get the Parramatta and go out in, in straight sets, basically. Um, but we just... I thought that was our best performance against Parramatta and then the best performance I've seen, just the scramble um, against Melbourne was fantastic. We missed 55 tackles and and still held Melbourne to six points. Um, but Melbourne made 16 errors and that's just not them. Um, granted, Welch and um, Brandon Smith went off. Uh, they just didn't have a way through. Um, and, and Penrith would just... Kurt Capel was fantastic. I thought he was the best player on the field. Like uh, Pangai Junior gave it to gave it to him the first 10, 15 minutes, but Capel was he was the, by far the best player on the field. Do, uh, doobie, sorry, Josh. Um, we haven't had you on the show since Parramatta were eliminated, as I alluded to at the start of the show. You off off, you know, not on this podcast, but just in conversations we've had, we're pretty critical of Penrith after that tight win, eight to six. There's a lot of calls that obviously went against Parramatta. You had the whole training trainer incident and the interchange problems as well, the confusion from that. Uh, but they responded well last Saturday night, mate. How did you see it? Oh, sure. I mean, um, Penrith's defence ever since they lost to the Bunnies has been they've conceded twelve points in 160 minutes. Like, that is just phenomenal finals footy. It's just unheard of. Just the way Penrith scrambles, the way they fight for each other, it's one of the reasons why they're in the grand final because their defence has just been that good that they've been able to shut down Melbourne and Parramatta went fairly, um, fairly, fairly, fairly in attack as well. But Penrith have just shut it down. Just It's absolutely phenomenal to watch. I mean, Melbourne were... Woeful. It's probably the worst performance I've seen them in a year or so. I mean, 69% completion. They even had three forced dropouts. They spent the entire game on Penrith's line, but couldn't do anything. They just... And Penrith, it's all up to Penrith's defence. They just kept repelling him, kept repelling him. Melbourne got frustrated. And when Melbourne get frustrated, they lose. So it's... Penrith were just deservedly... Deserve to be in this grand final. Melbourne made a lot of unforced errors, but they also made a lot of forced errors because, as you said, the brutality of Penrith's defence, they, they were up and in on them. They didn't give them much uh, room to make decisions, and it was a great defensive performance. Doopy and Coz, I'll, in, I'll go to you first, Coz. Um, mate, how did you see the game going? And I think 
out of anyone, the real winner from last, apart from Penrith, obviously, who won the game, I think Seattle are a bit of a winner as well because they saw these two teams smash each other last Saturday afternoon. Oh, yeah, 100%. I thought um, Penrith, uh, with the fast start, surprising Melbourne there with the try in the first, what, three minutes. Unfortunate for Barrow, but anyway. Great trick um, play, too. Great play. And we uh, yeah, really caught them off guard and just were on top of them from that uh, point onwards. And Melbourne just couldn't find a way through struggled and just real unlike Melbourne, especially in a prelim. It was just real unlike Melbourne. One of the worst Melbourne finals performances I think I've ever seen, to be honest with you. Oh, Bellamy would have been furious with that performance. Then obviously we've got all the Mad Monday stuff that's come from that game with the coke and and allegations against Muncher and Smith. I don't even know if you can call them allegations because they've been called on camera. Yeah, exactly. Like It's blatantly there that it happened. There's no denying it. It's yeah. So like, like with the incident earlier in the year with with the dragons, and I kept saying like you wouldn't see this from like a Bellamy coach side, and then there you go, you got three of them, three of them on uh, a couple of days after the game. Which insanity! Yeah. It, it's not it's not something that you would it's ever crazy. hear from from a Melbourne team. So Doobie, how yeah. did you see that whole situation about Mad Monday? And what did you think of the game? Um, game wise, the the main thing I was just baffled by especially at half time because i was watching it with mum and how buggered did melbourne look like at half time when they were going off i was like they just had a week off and they looked absolutely buggered and i don't know why like i, I know it was a physical first half and penrith were well on top but they they just seemed off like as soon as as soon as Crichton scored the first try in the corner, there was players whose heads just dropped. And I was just thinking, this is really strange, especially by Melbourne, because they're normally, like, you know, really up for these games. But they, they just never really... Like, even when they scored to make it 10-6, I just never thought that they were going to win that game. Like, I thought Penrith were well in control see, of the whole game. See, I did, maybe just because of Melbourne's reputation, but I was like, oh, okay, here we go. They've started playing now, and they're going to they're gonna come at Penrith yeah. in the last 15 minutes, but it just wasn't there. Yeah, they, they just didn't have anything. Like, yeah, every time they went on the attack, I, I don't know, I just, I just didn't think anything was going to happen. A lot of that was due to Penrith's defence, which is, like, they're the best defence in the, the, the competition. For One of the reason. best we've ever seen. That was great. Up there for sure. Yeah. Uh, what about Mad Monday, mate? As as I just talked to Cos about, what do you? It's it's stupidity, really. Especially when you knew that you were getting recorded. It, it was pretty clear that they were getting recorded. I'm pretty sure they would have known. So yeah, I mean, like I, I think the the one who's gonna you know get affected out of this the most is definitely gonna be Chris Lewis because I mean, Monster and uh, Brandon Smith are obviously. You know, great like big name players. They can step in to to another team or whatnot. If, if it got to that point where Melbourne decided to give one well, a flick, well, it's looking you know, they're going to step into another team easily. It's, but it's Chris look- Lewis, yeah. who I think's been tremendous this season, you know, what, what was he thinking? Yeah. Because this is the type of thing that can ruin a career. Well, it's looking like it's going to be forty greens, fine, and two games. I don't mean that's harsh enough at all. I think that should at least be missing the first month of no, next year. So do I. At least, but uh, that's that's how it's gone. Any other comments on the Penrith Storm game before we move on, guys? Any anybody else got anything to add about that game? Well, Melbourne did they bombed the try with George Jennings in the corner there, but um, 
they, they scrambled well um, for that, and the Nelson no try. But the, the last two games Penrith have played, everyone's been talking about Penrith not scoring any points. The two tries that we've con- conceded there was the Dylan uh, was the Wonga Blake try off a kick. Yep. And then the grubber kick for Pappenhausen. Like, so they were just against the run of play and, and all that. So um, if our defence can hold up, we're, as they've been saying all week, we're battle-hardened and ready to go. Um, it's just who's, who's going to stand up. I, I think the, the real impact for um, this week's going to be how, how they utilise Spencer Lenu. Mate, well, we'll get into yeah. more. We'll get more into the grand final preview momentarily. But it's a good point you raise because you say you battle hard, and how much the Penrith have left is going to be a real factor this week. And we'll, we'll, we're going to find out uh, for sure. And speaking of which, you, you mentioned that you've only conceded two tries. Well, Penrith has scored two tries. Uh, sorry, Penrith have scored how many tries? Have scored three, three tries since. Three tries. Four, Three tries since since the Rabbitohs game, four tries including the Rabbitohs game, and three of those four tries have come from clear kicks as well. So it's going to be interesting to see how what happens from this Penrith game. I think with the, the one of those kicks was just a, a a hope. It was a Paul Bomorowski throws it back and Crichton's there, and he was just hoping that he was there. Um, the the Crichton try on the weekend when they kicked across in the second minute. They've had that as a trick play since round three when Teddy done it against them. Yeah, they've had, they've had that when they are they going to play him in the grand final or or something like that, and it just happened that it worked out in the second minute of the game, and it just stunned Melbourne. Well, I don't think we'll see it. It was a great play for sure. I don't think we're going to see it in the grand final now. That the kind of the the tricks out there. I think that Seas will probably be ready for it, but uh, for sure, it, it definitely gave Penrith that early lead and momentum. Obviously, so. Um, but yeah, we'll see how Storm Melbourne respond next year. They're probably going to be missing a few players to start the season, but I'm pretty sure we can all be in agreement that they're definitely going to be contenders in 2022, just based on that. Me and Craig as Bellamy. As long as Craig Bellamy's in charge, Melbourne will be out there. I can't, I don't see any reason why they can't make their eighth consecutive prelim for sure. All right, uh, moving on now, and we're about to talk about our favourite grand final memories. Some of us here have seen our teams win a premiership in October. Some of us haven't, so we're going to get into that in a moment. All right, let's continue now. And if you guys haven't, please like Steve's NRL Footy Tips on Facebook. It's been a great year. I hope to continue the podcast next year. We've got new segments. I'm going to have more guests. Hopefully, we can do this, uh, have my guests in person for sure after the last two years have been affected by COVID. Let's hope 2022... We get some get some sort of normal, but I don't want to get my hopes up. But thank you for your support so far this year. If you haven't, please subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Anchor, or wherever you guys listen to your favorite podcast each and every week. It's grand final week, guys, which means it's a very exciting time of the year. We've all got fond memories of this week in some form or fashion, even if you're not supporting your team. And um, guys, we're going to talk about our favorite grand final moments and and memories. Doopy, I'm going to start with you, mate. Um, Obviously, you support the team that's the newest in the NRL, the Gold Coast Titans. They haven't been there on Green Final Day as of yet, but I'm sure you've had some great uh, memories watching Green Finals over the years. What's your favourite memory in in your time watching NRL Green Finals? Uh, for me, it definitely 2008 holds a special special place in my heart because it was the first real season that I like really got into league. I always like. I watched previous grand finals, but oh, it was the first season that I, I really fell in fell in love with 
the game of rugby league. And the whole day was just great. Obviously, uh, midday started off New South Wales Cup Grand Final, uh, Wentworthville beating Newtown 12-8 in a game that went for 110 minutes because I believe there was about 18 misses of field goal. So it ended up, someone ended up scoring in the corner. So that was great. And then obviously the first ever Toyota Cup Grand Final was on straight after, which was absolutely stacked. Canberra, Brisbane, featuring like Jerome Yowie and Jared Croker. Ben Hunt. Players like that. Ben Hunt. Yeah, yeah plenty, Ben Hunt. Plenty of stars. Um, Sean Fenson. Ton, tons of great players. And that went to extra time as well. I believe that went for about 95 minutes with the Raiders scoring under the post. So that was awesome. And then the grand final itself was the complete opposite with Manly putting 40 points on Melbourne. Biggest grand final ever. Biggest GF And of course, highlight of the day was Beaver getting his, getting the fairy tale ending, scoring in the corner. It was a great try, um, straight off the bench. Great try, and a lot of pe- a lot of people also forget. Um, it was also Stephen Bell's last game. It was great, great um, center for Manly and Melbourne. He also scored, but um, yeah, it, it was just great to see Beaver get his. Get the great send off because oh, he'd be top three favorite players ever for me. I love the bloke, but uh, yeah, oh wait, as, as a as a whole day from start to finish, like all three games, they were all memorable, and it was awesome. Yeah, when you think about a full grand final day, when you've got three games and you just want to sit down for the afternoon, have some beers, and watch some football, that was almost the perfect day of rugby league. Unless you're a Melbourne fan, obviously in the in the main event, but. Two great game of football, uh, two great low grade games of football before we got to the green final. As you mentioned, that Beaver try is one of the great rugby league moments. He's a legend of the game. He deserved to go on a high for sure. And obviously, Cameron Smith was missing that green final. And our cult hero of this group, uh, he he, I think he's an assistant coach somewhere, some sort of coach at the Central Georgia Dragons. Russ Aiken, you mentioned Steve yeah, Bell's last I game. It was in the Paul you, you mentioned you mentioned Menzi and <laughs> Bell's. Well, Russ. Final game of uh, of the NRL it was also Ross Aiken's final game of the NRL, so another <laughs> legend retired as well that day. But uh, moving on to a man that has seen his team win a premiership, Matt Colterou. I'm guessing I know what your favourite grand final memory is, mate. But how about you go for the day? Tell tell me tell me what it was like. I forgot what I had for breakfast that day. Um, the day was fantastic. I think. What was the memory first off? Because people might not know. What's the memory? What's your what's your favorite grand final memory? My great Jason Nightingale scoring two tries and ending that thirty. I think it was thirty one or thirty two years for St George anyway. I think but, it was seventy eight. Yeah, but the, it was the twenty ten grand final. Am I correct? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. That's sweet. No, cool. <laughs> <laughs> but a great day, mate. You're down in that grand final eight to six. Yeah, never in doubt, mate. Never in doubt. Losing. Interesting to note that the Roosters conceded sixty points that year. And we're winning at halftime in the grand final. I had no idea about the 50-point stat back then, not going to lie. It wasn't just 50, it was 60, know. mate, that year. It was almost yeah, blown I up. I remember that But, uh, yeah, yeah, mate, great performance. Dean Young, great performance by memory as well. Yeah, Soward. Boyd. Boyd. Clive Churchill. Morris was, Morris was pretty quiet, although he put his foot out. But anyway, that's history, which led to the first try. And it's been a depressing. Yeah. It's been a depressing eleven years since for you, hasn't it? 
has. <laughs> but that's your green final I, memory. I, I get that DVD out each year and just relive those, those memories. We'll, we'll but yeah, overall, the day, the day was great. Got up there about lunchtime. Watched the other two games. Couldn't tell you who won. Doesn't matter. Couldn't tell you who played. <laughs> but uh, couldn't tell you who the grand final entertainment was. The only thing I can remember was full-time siren going off and just going absolutely ballistic. It was a great uh, a great win for the well, Mighty Red V. minutes, actually, when, when Nightingale went over the second was kind of when I really knew that it was going to... That was it. Then Which it, I preferred. I didn't want it to go down to the wire, that's for sure. Like the previous week against the Tigers, I think we were 13-12. Was it? This, this one was a lot more enjoyable the last 20 minutes. Kind of like your grand final. We'll get to that in a moment, mate. Don't worry if it's my very <laughs> grand final memory. All right, mate, 2010, a great day for all Red V fans, no yeah, doubt about if it. I was to, if I was to choose another one, it would probably have to be the uh, the last, well, it felt like 10 minutes, but it was half an hour of that Cowboys game when uh, Phelps scored in the corner and JT dramatically missed the goal and Ben Hunt dropping it and Thurston with the one-pointer. With the exception of 2010, I think that would be the greatest great final moment I've seen. All right, no worries, mate. We're going to go to Josh Duncan, long-suffering Parramatta Eels fan. It's been, you know, you've been supporting this team for, what, probably 25 years now. You haven't seen a winner premiership. They've been to the big dance a couple of times, 2001 and 2009, since that 86 grand final victory. Mate, what is your favourite grand final moment? Is it one of the Eagles' classic 80s moments? Is it, you know, you guys making the big dance in 2001 or 2009? Or are you going to go something non-Parramatta related? Non-Parramatta related. Um, I thought I thought long and hard about it. I mean, Fui Fui Moi Moi's try in the corner in 2009 against Melbourne. Barnstorming, trying to get us back into the game. is one of, one of my favourite para grand final moments. Um... Looking back on 2001, just the top scoring points of all year and getting to the Ever. grand final and Before we're down 24 nil at half time. Like, it's just a bit of a dis- bit of disappointment and then 2009 robbed by salary cap cheats, you know. Um, this isn't a Parramatta podcast, mate. To- where, where are you going with this? Who knows? Because alluded to my favourite um, grand final moment of all time, the 2015 Cowboys-Broncos grand final, um, that last 20 minutes, as Cos said, I mean, that felt try. That stadium just erupted. It just went off. And then JT's miss with the penalty goal, with the um, goal attempt, I thought for sure he got it. It was going, hit the bar. And then who can who else can forget Ben Hunt's drop, and then the Dragons sign him on a bloody million dollar contract after that. But that field goal, that just elation of Jonathan Thurston finally getting a proper premiership ring and finally getting there for himself after such an illustrious and brilliant career. I think Thurston well deserved that grand final and definitely deserved to. Um, get that premiership behind his back after so many years of being one of the best one of the game's best halfbacks mate it was it will go down as maybe the greatest grand final of all time if you're writing a more dramatic I, I don't think you could write a more dramatic ending to a grand final than, oh, than sure, what happened there not. Brisbane had it the game it wasn't just that night it wasn't just that night either it was the two years before that 
the way they got knocked out against Cronulla in 2013 with the seven tackle set controversy and then the yeah. 30 nil against the Roosters and they need to come back and lose by one. So it was kind of like building for years there. Well, I, 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 I remember saying back in 2015 that I didn't think Brisbane could lose the grand final. I was saying everybody, Brisbane are going to be premiers and really the better team on that for, for, for 70 minutes of that game lost. But the great, I think I think one of the forgotten things about 2015 and what makes it such a great grand final, the ending's fantastic. Obviously, what everybody remembers, the tragedy of the, the goal not going, going in by Thurston and Ben Hunt uh, and everything that happened after that. But the game itself was a great game of football. I remember Jack... Uh, Jack Reed was it? Scoring a, a, yeah, a, a yeah, great length of the yeah. field try to start the game. It was just a highly entertaining game. So, And Kane Lynette, I think... If Cole doesn't score in the corner then Anthony Milford wins Clive Churchill medal. Probably. For sure. Just shows and you. now look where he is. Look at his career. <laughs> About to join the mighty Rabbitohs. That's where he is. Uh, all right. Uh, <laughs> in Skip. Ethan, Skippy. Mate, uh, I, I think I know your green final memory as well, but uh, what is your greatest green final memory? Uh, look, I, I love 2003. It was, it was a pretty funny story. Um, I... I I was in Sydney. I thought I was going to the grand final. Um, but mum and dad had actually bought us tickets to go see the Dixie Chicks. So I, I thought I was going to see the, um, the grand final because Penrith had, in the lower grades, we had four out of the uh, six grand finals, whatever was on that day. And um, all year, dad had like, no, nah, they're not going to make it. They're young next year and we won't go. And they found out that the Dixie Chicks was on the same night as the grand final. Tough choice. So we... So... <laughs> We've run, run around Sydney trying to find a TV so I could I could watch this grand final, and we, we ended up finding one in a little um, food court in Chinatown on the old little Sanyo TVs that were not even twenty centimeters big. And here I am cheering as Luke Prittis goes down the side and throws it to to, to Luke Rooney, and, and all these uh, all these people in Chinatown just staring at us. Um, but the, look. That that was the the best moment there when everyone says Sattler's was the best tackle was the tackle of the year the game whatever um, Luke Prittis's performance was probably the best individual grand final performance in non biased that I've I've seen it was, he, he was everything that night it was like one of the best two, the two try assists and the try himself he he was fantastic that night um, but look. Outside of Penrith, it was a year later. It was Andrew Ryan's tackle on Michael Crocker. That was probably like the, the best non-Penrith grand final moment. Like it was 16-13 with a minute to go in Fittler's last grand final. And and, and Andrew Ryan's just dislodged this ball and, and, and that's when the doggies had won. Like Matt Utah scored a double and, and, and all that. But yeah, like that was just... And because Steve Price was injured, I think, wasn't he? Yeah, Thurston came in. That's right. That was just grand final footy. Well, Thurston ended up giving his ring to Steve Price that grand final, but you're right. They were under so much pressure, the Bulldogs, until Michael Croker dropped that ball from that Andrew Ryan tackle. That's maybe one of the more forgotten uh, individual moments in a grand final, but that that won the Bulldogs the game. And speaking of 2003, talk about Scott Sattler and his tackle. I, I'd go one better and say it was the, tackle, the best tackle I've ever seen in my life. Luke Prudis had such a great performance. I remember being uh, upset back in 2010 where Wayne Bennett went with Nathan Fiend on the bench over 
Luke Prudis. I was expecting Luke Prudis to get this heroic farewell from the NRL. He didn't play in the 2010 Grand Final of the Dragons, but he was in that squad as well. So, um, but yeah, 2003, a great Grand Final. Do you know what the worst thing about that tackle is? Paul Fadawira dropped it three plays later off the scrum. Yeah, crazy. That was the worst thing about it. It was such a great tackle and everyone was cheering and I was going off off me nut and he's just dropped it. It was pissing down that <laughs> night from memory. Yeah. yeah. But I don't, I don't yeah. remember watching the game live, but... Yeah. I'm just saying, I, I've never seen a player take a beating as much as Martin Lang took an absolute beating in that game. Like, every time the guy took a hit up, he just got absolutely smashed. <laughs> that was every game. Yeah, I was about to say, you talk about... Every time we play for Queensland, mate, just got smashed. But, uh, yeah, obviously yeah. my favourite grand final memory is 2014. And, you know, as a South Sydney fan growing up, I, when I was three or four years old, my dad goes to Parramatta. I, um, as Cosra is playing the 2014 grand final in the background right now as on this Zoom call. But as, as, a, uh, as a kid sporting South, so I, I went for him because they... They were the, the bunny. I, I liked the bunny as a, as a three year old, and then we got kicked out of the comp. So it wasn't really until two thousand two where I um started being a fan. But obviously, you had the big march in in two thousand. Get back in the comp after we were unfairly kicked out. Hundred thousand people down Sydney. See us come back in, and we're just we're just terrible. We're, we're a terrible football team, and it's because we don't have any money. We're barely getting by, barely staying afloat. So as a kid, I used to get teased. Because the Rabbitohs just won wooden spoon after wooden spoon. We won three in the space of four years there. Second lasts. Uh, we qualified for the finals in 2007, only to get smashed by Manly. And then we didn't make it again until that, that squad came in back in 2012, Adam Reynolds' first year. So, mate, it was a hell of a journey to get there. And as a South Sydney supporter who, you know, I was only... I was only eight in 20, in 2002 when we came back in the comp. I didn't think I'd ever see my team even make a grand final. So... I was just running high on emotions that day. And, you know, a lot of people forget that it was close. So we scored the first try through Alex Johnston. Lottie Takiri got one um, denied. Obviously, you had the Sam Burgess-James Graham collision that, that started the game. And Sam Burgess had the, the fractured cheekbone, which is now in the history of grand finals for a great grand final performance of him playing on. It was 6 all after 60 minutes. Tony Williams scored the Bulldogs, leveled it up, and it wasn't until George Burgess, 20 metres out, if I had to pick a moment, it's this one, just barnstorms through four or five players, gets it over straight under the post, see us go and score another three tries in the last 15 minutes to 10 minutes of that game, and that that single moment of George Burgess barred his way over, it's a moment I'll never forget. It, we took the lead. I wasn't sure we were going to win the game at that point, but... Um, yeah, all the, all those years of being a fan and seeing all those wooden spoons were worth it just for that one moment and just to see us get the premiership and to be back there this year, it's going to be a uh, it's going to be an interesting feeling as well. I've seen my team win a grand final, I've never seen my team lose a grand final, so that's definitely not a feeling I want to, to want to experience. But yeah, 2014 was a great a great day. It was a great memory in my life, and you know if I'm not thinking, if I'm not naming 2014, I want to shout out a couple others that you guys haven't mentioned. 2016, Cronulla Sharks' first grand final victory following that epic 2015 encounter. Great game of football. It was down to the dying moments. I think Corabidi uh, couldn't pass it to Cronk. Cronk was unmarked over the line. It went down to the dying moments. 1997, which, you know, I don't remember watching live, but Newcastle were gone. Manly were just hanging on. And then the Andrew Johns passed back in the inside of Darren Albert under the post to win their grand final. There's been some great grand final moments over history, guys. We just spoke of five of them. But 
man, it's going to be, hopefully we had another chapter this weekend because it's going to be a hell of a grand final, that's for sure. It, the bookies are struggling to, to separate it. We're about to talk about it. Let's get into our grand final preview. All right, it is time for the biggest game of the year. The South Sydney Rabbitohs, who finished third in the regular season versus the Penrith Panthers, who finished second in the season. These two teams have played 97 games against each other. The Rabbitohs have the advantage, 51 games to Penrith's 44, with two draws. There's only been two finals that these two teams have played in ever, considering both teams have been around since 1967. That's an amazing that's, that's an amazing stat, really. It is one all. Obviously, last year in the preliminary final, the Panthers beat the Rabbitohs 20-16. The Rabbitohs got a bit of revenge in week one of this year's finals and made Penrith go through that tough run when they beat the Penrith Panthers 16-10. to Some huge stats that, have to, that will be broken either way in this game. No team has won the premiership after conceding 50 points in a season since 1908. That's one that the Rabbitohs have to overcome. Andrew Johns conceded. Andrew Johns' Newcastle team conceded 49 in 2001, which they obviously won the grand final against Parramatta there. No team has lost back-to-back grand finals since 2003 and 2004 when the Roosters lost those two grand finals. No coach has ever won his first premiership after coaching 250 games. John Lang is the most experienced coach before winning a grand final with 249 appearances. People like Nathan Brown... Matt Elliott, a few others, but in particular, Brian, Brian Smith, who's coached 600 games, had no premierships. Um, none, none of these guys have won after coaching 250 games, so if Penrith would win that stat, would be broken. There's so many stats we can talk about here, guys, but it all comes down to this game on Sunday night. Who's gonna who's taking the momentum and who's going to seize the opportunity in the key moments when it matters? Because green finals, as we know, are... are a series of moments uh, that can win or lose you a grand final. Cos, we'll start with you, our, re- our regular NRL expert of this show, your third appearance on the show, mate. I don't know if you're going to be back uh, for a fourth, but third we'll see how you go. Not one set. Exactly, mate. Exactly. <laughs> uh, have you given Absolutely. a correct prediction on the show? I'm not sure, but, mate, I'm sure you got a couple right that week that you were on originally. What is? How do you think both of these teams are travelling into the grand final, and who do you think uh, takes the momentum heading into Sunday, based on the on the previous games that we've seen leading into this point? I think uh, South Sydney are in the better position with the uh, week off, and I wouldn't say easier, but a less physical game than what Penrith went through. For Penrith to win this game, that's four games that they've got to go real physical with. Their first game was obviously real tough. The Parramatta game tough. Melbourne tough. I don't know if they can do it four weeks in a row. Well, obviously, if you look as well at when I mentioned the 50 stat, the Rabbitohs got the spoils against Penrith in a tight game in round one of the finals, uh, 16-10. But Penrith were one of the two teams that put 50 on South this year. So with that win in round one of the finals, week one of the finals, do you think South still carry the momentum over Penrith, knowing the fact that Penrith have won five of the last six games against South Sydney? Do you still think that um, South are going to be plenty confident heading into this grand final, Cos? Yeah, I still think they'll have a huge confidence, especially with Wayne guiding them throughout the week. He's been there... A million times he's been there, done that. He'll have him more than ready for this one. Mate, well, he's leading his in, our team into his 10th grand final. He's won seven out of the nine that he's been involved in. And if he was to win this game, he's already the first coach to take four different clubs to a grand final. be the first coach to ever win a grand final with three different clubs. What about you, Josh? How do you see these teams lining up? Obviously, Penrith 
have had to do it the hard way. They've had to, to fight to get to this spot um, over the last three weeks in particular. And, you know, they, they've got their injury concerns. Tevita Pengai Jr. ruled out of this clash. Dylan Edwards has to pass the fitness test to play. What do you think? Uh, and Brian Toe and Nathan Cleary both aren't at 100%. Do you think, like Coz, that, that Seahawks carry the momentum into this game? Or do you think that, that Penrith are battle-hardened and are going to be ready to go at the start of the game, come 7.30 on Sunday night? Um, it, for all money's worth, it looks like Souths have the momentum, but it's a grand final. That gets thrown out the window as soon as that grand final starts. The teams are going to be fighting for each other. And as mentioned before, Penrith's defence has just been phenomenal. You've got one of the best attacking sides in the comp in, in sorry, the Rabbitohs versus the easiest, the best defensive side in the comp as well. Um, as for the injury concerns, I think um, Pangai is a massive out. He was massive last week against Melbourne, and it's it's a good sign for the doggies that he played that game because it shows how much he can step up in big games, which is what the doggies need. But looking at the Pan- Panthers' pack, I think it's a little bit weaker than the Bunnies, and the Bunnies pack's been phenomenal over the last few weeks. Um, considering a lot but, of uh, considering a lot of pundits and, and experts rode off CF's forward pack has been a little bit weak. They've definitely 100%. aimed up to the challenge. Um, their, their forward pack, I mean, Burgess has been phenomenal. Nichols has been phenomenal. Um, the even the, I mean, Cameron Murray has just been out of this world. It's going to be an amazing battle between the two locks. I mean, they're Two, two of my favourite locks in the league at the moment. I mean, Cameron Murray and Yo. I mean, they it was a fifty-fifty for Dalian, um, Dalian thirteen of the year. So it's going to be a really interesting battle. But as for all the momentum, as soon as that whistle blows, I think all that gets blown out, um, and it's going to be a really physical game and really close as well. In skip, skip. Uh, Dylan Edwards, he is in doubt for this encounter. As the Penrith fan here, you've got Brett Naden as the 18th man. South Sydney, by the way, we haven't mentioned, are going to be running out 1-17, to one would assume. Adam Reynolds, he's got the groin injury that they hid really well last week. Do you think Dylan Edwards plays this game? How are you feeling about Penrith's momentum heading into this green final? And the big question that we haven't asked yet, in terms of merely not knowing about Reynolds' injury, well... If he's not 100%, Penrith do know. Do Penrith target Adam Reynolds like the Rabbitohs probably will target Nathan Cleary come Sunday night? Um, look, what a lot of people don't understand with Penrith, if we didn't sign Pangai Jr., this is our best 17. If we don't sign... Like at the start of the year, before we got um, Pangai Jr., this is our best 17 that we, that we could name. Um, Dylan Edwards has been in a moon boot for two months now. He's yeah. been he's he's been playing in a, from a moon boot for, for the last two months since he come back from injury because he broke his hand and then two weeks later he done his he done his ankle so he's been living in a moon boot so I don't think that um, it's really going to affect us like um, momentum might be with Souths but I, th- I think week one's a real kick in the ass for us and and really put us switched us on. Like, yep. I know we're not scoring points, but um, grand final, um, it might have been South's grand final last week getting through that preliminary um, final because they've been struggling to overcome that, and now they've overcome it. 
now they've got everyone's saying Penrith have got to get through four hard games. Souths have got to now back it up in a green final after overcoming what their fear was a prelim. The difference, the difference between the two clubs as well. Penrith's got twelve players of green final appearances, I believe. Souths has only got four or five. Do you, so, so you're based on what you've said though. You think Dylan Edwards will be playing in this game? He'll play. Yep, he'll yep. play. Um, no, no, no doubt in my mind. You mentioned yep. the best 17. As great as Tavita Pengai Jr. has been, and obviously he's got that X factor that could help you win a grand final and it's helped you get to this position, it would have been very harsh if, if Len Yu was to miss out on a grand final appearance, so it's good that he's been named. Charlie Staines yep. obviously found himself in the outer as well. I think he was in your best 17 at the start of the year. Obviously, Momotrovsky's yep. come in. Um, yeah. But, yeah, mate, you, you're basically lining up 1-17. to 17, So, both teams will yep. be unless, you know, Dylan Edwards gets ruled out, which you seem confident yeah, like, that he'll play. Like, if you have a look at it, Momorowski, he played a final in his second game against when he was with the Roosters. Then he was part of Melbourne's grand final squad last year. So, he's been in grand final systems for the last two years. Now, he gets to play in his own. Um, and and I, I, with um, Reynolds' injury, it, now that we know about it, you, you, you think Penrith aren't going to just throw a kick out at him or yeah. two or three tackles a game? Same can be applied to Cleary, though. I mean, Cleary's obviously been handling it for the last couple of months. Reynolds hasn't, but I think Cleary's injury might be a little bit more severe than Reynolds. Yeah, Reynolds. look, I, I think Jaden Sewer, the, the first 10, 15 minutes, um, either Sewer or Liam Martin's going to attack one of the halves, whoever gets to who first. Because Liam Martins, he's that enforcer. And Jaden Sewer, he's your enforcer. So, yep. um, But, yeah, I'm not too concerned about Dylan Edwards. And um, it was really good to see Pangai Jr. actually rule himself out so um, a local junior can play in a grand final. 100%. Doopy, your thoughts heading into this game, mate. Um, obviously, with the Reynolds injury that we've mentioned, his, his groin has, isn't 100%. Uh, Blake Taft's been enormous this final series since Latrell Mitchell got suspended. You're on the show in week one of the finals, and you said it's a shame about Seahawks because of the Latrell suspension. Like a lot of people were saying, that maybe that rules them out of contention, mate. How have you seen both of these clubs' final series, and who do you think has the momentum come Sunday? Who lead, who carries it into well, the shout game? Out to, massive shout-out to Blake Taft. He's been tremendous. Put put down the first kick um, that Penrith kicked to him yeah, it was a clear in, uh, in week one of finals, and ever since he's been fantastic. Um, relatively safe under the high ball. There was one moment last week where um, Cherry Evans put up put up a bomb, and he just looked a bit bit out of place. But for the most part, he's done tremendous. Um, in terms of the game, I said to Skip a couple of weeks ago that the best thing that ever happened to Penrith was losing in week one. Because we've talked about this perception that Penrith have given off all year in terms of their arrogance and them being hotheads. And in my opinion, that loss in week one was the, as Skip said, the kick up the arse that they sort of needed. Um, and they haven't played good in finals, like in terms of entertaining or anything like that, points scored. They haven't played necessarily good. But in my opinion, they played good finals footy. Scrappy. Uh, I've, I've, yeah, I've, I've said, said it before. In my opinion, defense wins premierships, and at the moment, Penrith are easily the best defensive team going yeah. into this. In my opinion, I still think Souths. I still think there's a five ten minute period 
even last week, in the last couple of minutes, where Souths just clock off and they can't do it this week. If they do it, they'll get beat. They've got to play it for 80 um, minutes. In their defence, Adam Reynolds was yeah. off the field at that, at that stage and maybe it was the... The, the week that it'd been to, to get to the grand final because it's such a big hurdle for them to overcome. 2018 and 2020, they lost all three prelims. So it was a big moment for CS, but I can yeah. see what you're saying, that they definitely did clock off near the end of that game. Yeah, their left-hand defence is what worries me with CS. I don't think... Sorry, that, sorry their right. right-hand side. Graham and Paulo. So the, so the, the, the left-hand side, so like uh, Burton and Toho, I think yeah. that is the side that... Penrith are going to get their points from. Yep. So South are going to have to muscle up there. Um, but yeah, it, it'll. I, I think for sixty minutes, it'll be a good game. Question out of here, uh, out of you guys, who do you think? Because um, let's let's shift the focus now to a little bit. And Ivan Cleary basically said in the press conference after last week's win that he's not going to get involved in the mind games with Bennett after kind of calling him out in week one. Let's admit it, he did basically in the whole referee situation. The Rabbitohs have made an official complaint to the referee in terms of the trainer and his involvement with Penrith over this final series, an official complaint. So that's kind of led the spark today in grand final week a little bit. But uh, do you think that, that these coaches will... Does, does anyone think these coaches will go at it or do you think it's going to be a pretty... Um, you know, kind of more about more about the game itself this week. Also, one more point I want to mention. Maybe it's been a, a biased South Sydney supporter, but you mentioned the fact you mentioned Doobie mentioned the arrogant Penrith side that a lot of people have mentioned. You said that the the finals week one lost Doobie and Skip that that was kind of the the fire that Penrith needed um, to go on and win this competition. Is it just their natural, playful side that they come in with, you know, players in wheelchairs and and acting like they're completely beaten down, or does that kind of show a bit of arrogance as well? What do you guys think? They're, they're not arrogant. Look, uh, uh, they just love playing footy with their friends. That's yeah. all they're doing. What about the wheelchair yeah, stuff? They're, they're, what about all that stuff? What about the mind games? It's 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 all mind. So Wayne, you think it's Wayne mind Bennett games? On Thursday, he'll come out and say something to, to, to take all the attention off South and. The, the, the same with the, the trainer thing. How, how many times did he have Alfie Langer on the field for 80 minutes? Yeah, true. You know what I that mean? Was like, be, that was before the trainer rules came into effect, though. Yeah, and, and it's, it's, the NRL, NRL has made a massive point about these trainer rules and the fact yeah. that the trainers can only be on the field at certain amounts of times. And obviously... They obvi- said in the game he was on the field 13 minutes and he was on the field for the entire last two minutes of the game against Melbourne or something. Obviously, to, uh, you know, Josh has got a personal stake in this, knowing what happened when the Eels are on attack and the game got stopped. Yep. Hopefully we don't see yep. any of that nonsense this week. Because while I'm at it, and I know this is a little bit off topic in terms of the grand final, but every team's doing it. I don't want to target Penrith, but Penrith's well, trainer... 100%. Every team is doing yeah, it. Penrith's trainer um, and their interchange has been the, the subject of a lot of attention the last couple of weeks because of the interchange drama that turned out not to be an extra interchange last week. But because of these current rules with concussion, if you're seeing a team, one team in particular, get three or four guys concussed a game, they're getting eight free interchanges because they get the free one to get someone on, and then when the player is he gets allowed to continue, he comes back on the field, and that's another three interchanges to the point where Melbourne and Penrith last week were making fifteen or sixteen interchanges a game, and Brandon Smith, who injured his shoulder, gets ruled out of the game by HIA. Obviously, it's probably not going to get fixed this weekend, but that needs to change come next year. Dude, another thing that has to change is, like, did anybody notice, what? why did Christian Walsh play on for an extra five minutes and then oh, he went crazy. off 
for the head check. It's like take him off straight away. They talk straight away. Quite obvious he was. Talk about player safety, man. Like, why was he left on there? Even before that, why wasn't he? Why wasn't play stopped straight away? If we're talking about concussions, look at Sean Kelly. We've seen we've seen play stopped straight away for the smallest things. It was such an obvious head knock, and he was staggering. And the game wasn't stopped. So was Sean Kepi yeah. in that Manly game. Yeah. He, he yeah, made they, cu- another tackle. With it, they, they also missed, um, as a Penrith supporter, they missed Nathan Cleary's head dunk. And, oh, yeah, sure. He, he, made, yeah. he, he made a tackle with 12 minutes to go on Kenny Bromwich. Shaking, he, he looked, yeah. He was unsteady on his feet for, for three or four strides and then got back in the defensive line. Nothing was said. Yeah. Like, uh, like I, I, I think because Penrith are been so successful for the last two years and and the whole incident with the Parramatta um, week two, I think a lot of people are starting to nitpick just at us. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Every team does it. Every team's doing it. Yep. But but people, because they're starting, we're starting to become the new manly. People are starting to hate us. (laughs) And that's why people are nitpicking and saying, well, these guys are uh, are successful. Let's just find the littlest thing to... Granted, Jerome Lewis should have been sent for Simbin. I'll admit that, Josh. I think, I think they admitted that. I've got, yeah, I've got. I'll, I'll admit it to, I'll admit it to Josh. <laughs> I've got two things to say because the doesn't, reason doesn't hurt the wounds, but you know, <laughs> the reason I bring I bring it up was because I really think that if one team has free concussions and those guys pass their HIO protocols, then one team in the grand final could get five or six more interchanges than another team, and that's just more rest. It's yeah, it's it's inconsistent and, and use their eighteenth man as well. The other thing I mentioned. Yeah. The, the other thing I want to mention... We're basically playing with 12 interchanges. That's what yeah. it is. Yeah. There's eight, but we're back to 12. The, the thing that I want to mention yeah. as well is is Skip mentioned success. For let, listen, as I said, I have to bring this up because, you know, you speak, that you're, you, speak, you speak about your team not being arrogant, right? But, and you speak of success the last two years, and don't get me wrong, it's been a very successful two years. You won the minor premiership last year, made the grand final, got out. But if you guys do lose this grand final come Sunday... That puts a lot of pressure on next year, mate. That puts a lot of pressure on Cleary, your current squad, if you're going to lose two grand finals in a row. It hasn't been a two successful years with two grand final losses. I'd argue last year was because no one expected you to get there. But this year's a different kettle of fish, my friend, because you guys are the favourites. You should be winning this grand final. If you lose, there's going to be a lot of pressure on the Penrith squad next year. Oh, 100%. I don't doubt that at all. Um, and, and I never said that um, this, it, it, the success was based off that grand final, but um, I just think that Sunday is going to be a different story to last year. Um, Phil Gould's been saying for 12 months that we're the better team in that grand final, and I agree with him. I think he's delusional. Um, 22-0 down and you're the better team. Mate, I don't think... Well, there was, there was I, the, penalty, the penalty try. There was the Coruscant um, strip on Smith, and, and clearly just brain having a brain snap. But you, um, the, the only fair try was Pappenhausen running past Tyrone mate. If you want to, if you want to get into, a, mate, this is going to get, mate, this is getting heated because, mate, we want to get some drama on Steve's NRL footy tips. Just get us two together, come Green Final Week. You'll, but let you'll me, get it. you'll get it. Let me tell you, you want to talk about this tries that shouldn't have been allowed? You can go back in individual moments last year's Grand Final, sure. But I seem to remember in Penrith's first try that there was a blade and obstruction that Phil Gould admitted to was an obstruction, and that's the whole reason you started coming back in the first place in that Grand Final. So I think that his comments that you're up when you're losing twenty two nil. Is fucking delusional, mate. I'm sorry, but it has to be said right there. <laughs> hey, back to what you were saying before 
I tell you what, I, I, I'm hoping that we, we better get some fireworks this week between the coaches because it, it spices it up. It makes it so much more interesting. Me and Skip have just really spiced it up for them. Let's, let's be I, their, I, their, their voice people because we've already spiced up the green form. We're already getting at each other and we're not even the coaches of this thing. <laughs> <laughs> who, who needs disagree. coaches when we got us going at each other? <laughs> yeah. I have to disagree with Gus's comments about Penrith being the better side. But I will say, if there was an extra minute in that grand final, Penrith probably win. Well, didn't Melbourne have 11 people sin bin? Uh, 11 yeah. people on the field, two people sin bin? That's what I'm saying. Penrith had one yeah. play to score off. If they had a whole set, I think we look at... If if they had a whole set, do you think that Melbourne would have two people in the sin bin? Mate, you can go about your ifs and buts all day. It might not have been the same yeah. situation. You, you gotta, but anyway, back to the back to twenty twenty one's grand final. Anyway, I mean, mate, we just went on a big tangent there, just about everything. But the mind games, Dupe, you said you hope they're there. Let's talk about both teams now, and let's talk about Penrith first, since we've been talking about Penrith a lot, and and you know how much of a microscope they've been under this year. For Penrith to win this grand final, what do they have to do? What do you think, Coz? Start us off. What do Penrith have to do to win come Sunday night? Just do what they've done all year, mate, and defend. If they can knock back South's brilliant attack, they'll win. That's all they need to do is just stick stick to what's worked for them the majority of the year, most of the year. I think their average points conceded is ridiculous. I think it's under 12 or something. 11.9, thank you. Yeah, 11.9. <laughs> If they bring that on Sunday, they'll be very hard to beat. Josh, Penrith, what do they have to do to be Premiers in 2021? I think um, Toto has to be massive again. I mean, he's so good for Penrith. Um, Their go forward, he's just the meter eater. He's their motor. Um, For Penrith to win, he's going to have a massive game. And they've got to get over South's forward pack. I think if they get bullied in the first 20, then it's going to be hard for them to win because it's hard to gather, regather that momentum once you've lost it, especially in the forwards. So their um, forward pack has to match up with South's massive forward pack. And if they can do that, they will win the game. Doobie, what do you think? What do, what do Penrith have to do? Uh, to win this grand final, you said that there was a kick up the arse they needed at week one, losing. Uh, how do they win against CF Sydney, who are full of momentum heading into Sunday? Isaiah is the key, in my opinion. Um, he, he and Victor Radley are the two best ball playing locks in the competition. And watching last week, just the service that Cleary and Luai get, it's all off Isaiah. And yeah, for me, if he plays well, Penrith win. Yeah. Do uh, skip, mate. You're the Penrith fan here. What do you guys have to do to beat South Sydney on Sunday night? I reckon if we complete at eighty five percent, we don't get beat. That simple. Uh, that simple. Complete at eighty five percent. I think it'll be it'll be one in the nines and the thirteens. Um, Coruscant over the last two weeks, he's run the ball twice and he's gone up the middle twice. He had one run against Parramatta and, and threw a dodgy ball to, to clear. He nearly scored under the post. And then he had one run last week and he made 40 metres. Um, Isaiah, you know, he's that he's a he's a third half. They just play off the back of him. Cleary's not getting the ball one off the ruck. Um, they get, he's getting it out there and um, he's giving him plenty of space one-on-one with his opposite half. And 
he can either go um, short to Liam Martin or Kurt Capel or um, or he can go behind a Moborowski in Crichton, which is, um, I think, a masterstroke. He's been defensively fantastic, Stephen Crichton. If you watch his positional play on some kicks, um, he's probably been... I know he's paid, been paid as a centre, but um, for the, since he's been moved to the wing, he's been better as a winger than he has a centre all season. I agree with that. Mate, I think for Penrith to win, I, I kind of echo all your, your four sentiments in terms of, Cos said defensively, they, I think Penrith want this to be a real arm wrestle, and I think they want it to be a low-scoring encounter because I think that while Penrith you know, put on some massive scores this year and last year, I think that... Uh, the points are dried up a little, and I think that's because of the de- the defensive pressure they put on. I think Souths have so much momentum with the football in hand at the moment; they can score points. Um, I think I think if this gets into a shootout, I think that Souths probably have the advantage. I don't know if I would have said that a month ago, but I think they do. And I think that for Penrith to win, it has to be a real arm wrestle. The forwards really need to step up because let me tell you. I'll talk about Souths forwards in a moment, but Souths forwards are going to be up for the challenge, and that's going to be how I think Souths are going to win. Cleary, obviously, is going to be targeted a lot. And, you know, he's got brilliance that he's going to play his game no matter what. He's going to have a great game of football. I'm convinced of that. Um, but for me, it's the forwards. They really need to get in South's forwards' faces and get South's off their game early, not let South Sydney play their natural game. But I think Jerome Luai, a lot of uh, critics and, and pundits and, and the Channel 9 commentary team as well all said that he had a, uh, a great game on Saturday. I think he had an improved game and he set up that second try well. But for me... Um, I don't think we've seen the best of Jerome Luai since Origin. I think he needs to get, find that running game. And on that left edge for for, for Penrith, there to get a uh, kick out, some quality ball, Brian Toe, some quality ball. I think the key is Jerome Luai, if your forwards can get on top of uh, on top of Seahawks early. I think Barris said last week, he was just like, he could be sitting on the lounge and in the 60th minute go, where's Jerome Luai? Yeah, that's exactly like, what he said. And that, that kind of echoes what it is, but since he's got Brian Toto back on that left wing, his running games come back, but I still don't think that 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 left side's complete until they can move Stephen Crichton back to that left centre. Yep. So so that begs the question, if Cleary, because you said that Sewer... And, and see how big forwards are going to be targeting Cleary, vice versa with Reynolds. If Cleary's under a lot of pressure and doesn't get to play his natural game, and let's say, even though he's done a great job managing it, that he's, uh, that he's hampered by that shoulder injury, then a lot of the pressure is going to fall on Luai. He was a big game player in, in Origin. We're going to see if he can do it again come Grand Final Day, if that if that goes that way and Cleary can't play the natural game and can't show his usual dominance, a lot of that pressure is going to go on, on Jerome Luai for sure. Um, but yeah, let's move to South now and what South Sydney have to do to win this grand final. They're the underdogs heading into this thing, but they're obviously the team, and I think no one can debate this, in this final series in the last five to ten weeks that are carrying the most momentum out of any team in the competition. We'll start with you, Skip, because you're just talking about Penrith and, and you're the big Penrith fan. What does South Sydney have to do to beat Penrith come Sunday? Um, I think it's their first 20 minutes. Like, week one, they blew us off the park in the first 20 and um, just on the back of their, their, their go-forward and Cam Murray's quick play the balls and um, they just really got up in our face, and, and which really created space for... I don't, I don't know that Luttrell's not playing, but um, I just think 
Blake Taff, or Taff, um, him having that little bit of acceleration could really worry Penrith, especially down this right-hand side, that kick-out defence when he starts to get a bit tired. I know that he's favour your left side to Alex Johnson, but I really think that they could they could target kick-out and, and try and use that bit of a speed with um, down Jackson Paulo's wing... Um, and Campbell Graham. Yep, well, we got some success there last week. Uh, the question leading into the match, I think it was by maybe Joel Kane said it into the lead-up. One of the, one, somebody from Fox Sports or 9 said it, that on the left-hand side, because it's so dangerous, Penrith has done a pretty great job defending it this year. Do Penrith load up an extra defender on that left-hand side of the field to maybe shut down, or do you have faith in the guys that you've had out there and done the job in the grand final skip? Um, look, our, our right side, I, I'd say, is probably the best defensive right side in the comp. You got um, Nathan Cleary, who tackles at about eighty-eight percent. You got Kirk Capel and Liam Martin, who are solid defenders. Paul Momorowski's there as a as a defensive centre. That's why it's pushed Stephen Crichton out to the wing. Um, I I don't think they're going to have as much success down that left hand side, South, as they they would like. Um, and their two their tries against Penrith. Cody Walker scored up the middle um, in between the front rower and, and Cleary, but their other two tries come down their right-hand side. Yep. Latrell run over Matt Burton, and Paulo scored on the outside of Toto. Yep. So you think you think the right side is the key. Doopy. Yeah, yep. Yeah, so Doopy. Uh, South Sydney have only got, I, f- I think it's four players. It might be five players, but I think it's only four players with grand final experience heading into this game. 2014 was a long time ago. Only Tom Burgess, Alex Johnston, and Adam Reynolds, the halfback, are going to be playing from 2014 in this game. Do you think that South's lack of grand final experience will hurt them in this game? And how do you think Souths are going to manage to get over the top of Penrith? What does South Sydney have to do to win the premiership? These days, more than ever, it seems to. I don't think grand final experience ever, like in back, like in the nineties and early two thousands and whatnot. Used, I don't think it really used to matter all that much. But you look at the teams that have won the comp over the last, well, five to six years. There's Melbourne Roosters, Roosters, Melbourne, and before that, Noah. Cronulla. Yeah. yeah, so Cronulla were the last team, which they had tons of players with grand final experience. So it does seem to play a big part these days. I don't think it'll play as much because Penrith is such a young squad, even though they were there last year. Um, but it, it is, it's become a big thing these days with like, you know, players that have been in grand finals tend to have the Upper hand in terms of what South need to do to defend. If they if if they concede over twenty points, I don't give them a chance. So if South oh, def- if defend well, do you think that we've got more points in them? Because you say you need to win by defense. But oh we're yeah. Gonna, yeah, okay. That's what I mean. Yeah, if if they can if they can hold like if they can hold Penrith to under twenty, then I'll probably say South win. But I don't, I don't think they can. I personally, I don't think they can, but yeah, like to just defend, defend, defend. That's well, they did. They did a great. Worry is you look at a game like last week where they absolutely dominated Manly, and they still conceded sixteen points. Yep. Well, they they you know? their defense was up to the task week one of the finals, though. Do you could think? Have been twenty-eight. Could have been twenty-eight. Was. 
Do you think that? Yeah. Do you think that we're going to see seeing a, a different type of game come Sunday, or do you think it's going to be similar to that round one, the finals week one encounter? I think it'll be similar to finals week one. I think there'll be more points scored than finals week one because it's a grand final. You see a lot more players are a lot more desperate and whatnot. Um, but in terms of, def- I think defense is going to be the main point that Bennett runs home this week because. We all know how well Penrith can defend. Absolutely. Whether South can, we'll see. Jury's out. Josh, what do you think, mate? Um, South's got a lot of stories heading into the week. Wayne Bennett's departure, his 10th premiership, his 10th grand final, potentially his 8th premiership. Reynolds leaving the club. Benji, probably his last game ever, the longest streak between grand final appearances ever with 16 years. Uh, South's got a lot of things on their minds, but uh, what do they have to do to beat Penrith? come Sunday and win that green final? Even though there's a lot of stuff going on at South, I think with the Wayne Bennett coach side, they're going to be focused on that on that game day. I mean, um, Wayne Bennett, he's been, to, he's been to the big dance more than um, more than any other coach, and he's just fantastic at getting teams ready. Um, I think the biggest thing for South is that, 20 minute period the around the um, around the 50 to 70 minute mark is so essential because that's where Souths drop off in games you've seen it when they're up by 30 they just drop off let in 18 points if they do that I think it Doopy said that earlier on in the call if they do that on the grand final they will lose they cannot drop off they cannot fall apart, which is what they've done in previous games. You saw it in the Manly game, even when Tommy came, even Tommy either woke up or um, Rabbits just dropped off. If the Rabbits drop off against Penrith, Penrith are too classy, they will punish them. What do and you... I think it will be a tight game. Um, I don't see any team with a blowout victory because the defence of Penrith and I think Bunnies will be up to this game as well. I think, yeah, it's going to be tightly fought, but if the Bunnies fall asleep, then they're going to get smacked. What do you think, Coz, heading into this, uh, this obviously, grand final, 2021? Seahawks, uh, yeah, a lot of a lot of people think for that Seahawks' defence is the key, obviously. Do you think this one's going to be low scoring? How do you think the game's going to play out? What does Seahawks Sydney have to do to win? Seahawks Sydney just have to match Penrith. Match them right up till, what, 60 minutes. If it's real tight up till 60 minutes, you know, Penrith could be tired, South attack, you never know. But just match them. And I think the key the key player for me is uh, Cam Murray. I think um, in those two heavy defeats for South this year, I don't think he played. No, no. Is, I don't is that right? I'm pretty sure. I'm 100% sure he didn't play against Penrith. He might have played round 23. No, I meant the 50-point game. Oh, 50 points, no, he didn't play either one. No. Yeah, I think he's a huge key. Like if Souths is to win, he's got he's got to be close to man of match. Yeah. Uh, do you agree with the sentiment that at their very best, if this comes into a point scoring contest like we know the game can do in a six again kind of ruled game? Do you think Souths got more points in them than Penrith, or do you think Penrith and Souths are yeah, pretty much 100%. you do? Yeah. Yeah, hundred percent. Souths have scored. Um, well, it, it, that's the story of this game: is defense versus attack. If it comes down to the attack, they've got way more points in them than Penrith, but well, that's what I think anyway. 
Yep. Sweet. All right. Well, we're going to get into our. We're going to give our prediction in a momentarily, but we've got a few questions to ask first, guys. Uh, who do you think is going to be the first try scorer? Cause who do you got, mate? This is. Uh, I'm, I'm getting some advice now because you don't predict them very often. So I'm, I'm asking you to tell me who I should avoid come this weekend. <laughs> Who you should avoid. Yeah, all right. So, who, um, who's the first try scorer, mate? Tell me. I'm going to go a pretty boring one, and it's Pendrith's Brian Toho. Brian Toho. Josh, what do yeah. you think, mate? Um, I'm going to go... I've, I've been torn on this one. I've been torn on a couple things trying to pick, and I'm useless at picking first try scorers as well. More than Coz? Um, <laughs> uh, I think I'm going to go um, Dan Gagai. Dan Gagai, look at that. That's a that's a bit of value, that one, mate. That's it's not yeah, a favourite pick. That's all yeah, right. Yeah, it would be. Yeah, I think he'd be about 15 yeah. or 17 bucks. I don't have the odds on me, but he'd be paying all right. What about you, Skip? First try scorer, mate. Um, I, I It'll be down Penrith's left for me. Um, I think um, Matt Burton will score off a scrum play. He's had a fantastic year, mate. He's... Uh, Center of the year, well, scrum like play. It's he's very I think, specific. I think there's a trick play there somewhere from the scrum again. Doobie? Yep. What do you think, mate? What are you feeling? Oh, honestly, I reckon Burton as well. That, oh. that was honestly the player I was going to go. Yeah. I'd, 13 uh, bucks. He's looking all right. You know, no, you know who I'm going to go? I'm going to go the man that's, uh, that you could argue has had the most consistent full season out of uh, anyone in this game other than well Nathan Cleary has been injured but I reckon Cody Walker Mark Nichols is up there Um, but mate (laughs) he's great value Nichols get on him now before he goes down but but, (laughs) (laughs) but, no I'm going to go Cody Walker I think that uh, there's been a lot of question marks over whether he's a big game player in origin he stepped up in the prelim we'll see where, where he's at mentally come Sunday night but I think that um, if Cody Walker gets an opportunity to run, he'll run, and I think he's going to be chasing down. Um, he's going to be always one of the first people chasing down any kick that, that Reynolds puts up, or even himself, or Taff. I think he's going to be... He's, he's the effort player, because we saw it last Friday night when Damien Cook kicked back in. Cody Walker was down. Somehow he got back up and scored that try. It was a great effort player uh, play, and I think that he's going to be... That effort, you, you need that in grand finals. Not to say a lot of other players in this game don't have that, because they do, but I think that... If Seattle are going to capitalise down that left-hand side, it's going to be all on Cody Walker, and I think he might capitalise himself. So, um, Speaking of which, man of the match, Clive Churchill. It's a very prestigious award. Only a couple of losing players from the grand final have won it in the NRL era. I think Jack Warden in, in 2019 and, and Cherry Evans in 2013 uh, were the only two, but majority of the time, the winning team takes it home. Skip, who's your pick, mate, for the Clive Churchill medalist in 2021? James Fisher-Harris. It's a big call. Cool prop. I think a prop's only won it yep. twice in history, yep. to be honest. He, he, he got a bit handled last year in the grand final by Melbourne. He, he's not going to get handled this year. He, he'll be the best player on the field. He'll play close to 60 minutes. Doobie, what do you think, mate? I think I'd say, yo. Yeah, yep. I, I think he's the key to Penrith winning. and um, I think he's going to have to be the best player on the field if, if they're going to win. Cos? I'm going to go the opposite, number 13. I'm going to go Cam Murray, as I said earlier. Sasa to win this, he's got to be huge. No missed tackles, just bashing people and maybe even a try, maybe whatever he's paying. 
I think he's eleven bucks, same as Isaiah Yo. I think they're both the same price. I'm also going to, I'm also going to go. I'm going Cam Murray as well, man. I think that if Seahawks are going to win, he was the man of the match last week. He made about 190 meters, close to 40 tackles. His work in the middle is going to be enormous if Seahawks are going to get over the top of Penrith come Sunday. Josh, what about you, mate? Clive Churchill prediction. Um, call me Natalie Imbruglia because I'm torn. Um, either Isaiah Yo or Cam Murray. I think Cam Murray will get it though. Oh, look at that! I mate, I love the Marie reference. Natalie and Brulee. That's a Marie great. Cam that's, on that's a great song. <laughs> if one of those two players get Clive Churchill, I'm going to put Torn on Sunday night. But great reference. Uh, who wins this game, guys? Why? What is the margin? Who's going to win? Let's start with Doopy. Who's who's winning the green final, mate? Am I naming a margin as well, or just who I think will win? Uh, who you thinking? Who you think is going to win, and by how much? I think I think Penrith by fourteen. Ooh. I think I think Ooh. the last twenty minutes. I think they'll blow them off the park. I, I just think their defense is too good. And, wow. Um, I think their defense is far too good, and um, yeah, I, I, I yeah, I, I think I think it'll be a top game for sixty, but. Yeah, in the end, I, honestly, I think Penrith will blow them off the park. Yeah, I, I just, I, I don't, I don't think that. I think Souths have got the points in them, but I, I just don't think that they can, they can hold Penrith. I, I just, I'm not confident in Souths' defence at all. Breaking news: This is uh, Matt Dupont's final appearance on Steve's NRL Footy Tips. It's been good having you on the show, mate. Thanks for your con- contributions. Um, but I've now got a Matthew Pons band sign up in the, in the studio. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Cos, let's go to you now, mate. Who's your grand final prediction? By how much? My grand final prediction, and I'm not saying this just to get back on the show next year, <laughs> <laughs> the South Sydney Rabbitohs, and I'm going a bit of a fairy tale. I'm going to go, it's going to be real close, 12 all, 14 all, whatever you want, and I'm going to go an Adam Reynolds field goal. Is going to be the difference in his last yeah. game for the Rabbitohs. That's a huge moment right there. Why not Benji Marshall? Let's just throw him in and get the field goal over. Yeah, could be Benji too. <laughs> uh, no. we, know, we know what me and Skip are going to predict. We don't know by how much. I'm going to leave Josh to last. He's going to be like potentially the decider here. Skip, who are <laughs> you tipping? How much? Unless you're tipping see us. I'm going to be shocked if you are. But uh, what's your grand final pick and, and by how much? Don't be stupid. Uh, I, I tipped Parramatta in Melbourne the last two weeks. I'm going to go back to Penrith this week. Um, yeah, no, I think we'll win. Um, I reckon if we can score 20 points, we'll win. Um, if, South can, if South score 24, that's enough to, for them to win. But I just think that we'll win 20 to 12. They've even got the score. So Penrith by eggs. Look at that. Um, you know... I don't care if South Sydney win by 100 or win by one as long as we win the game. And uh, I think that, as I said, I think it's going to be a, I think it's going to be close, close kind of score uh, to round, uh, round one, uh, week one finals. I'm going to go see us by six. I don't know if it's 16-10, but I think it's, it might be 20 to 14, 22-16, something like that. I just think that that if Seahawks can hold them out defensively, which I think we can, I think we're going to be game, I think we're going to be up for it, then we are, we we will win the game, but it won't be by a big margin. I also forgot to mention when I thought uh, what Seahawks need to do to win, I think that the big advantage, one of the big advantages Seahawks have if this becomes a grind and a low-scoring encounter is the bench. You saw Manly's bench, that guy's like Walker, 
uh, Paseca, etc. But South Sydney's uh, bench, right? You've got Benji Marshall, who's that utility can come on. Jacob Host is an okay player. Um, in my opinion, he's fine. He's probably our worst player on our side. But I like him. Hopefully, he scores the match winner now. But, but <laughs> sorry, Jacob Host, mate. You can make you can make a name to yourself this weekend, but he's going to be listening to this at the moment. At the moment, you're a dragon's ring. Turn it but on. um, but but the other two, mate. The other two make the difference. Tom Burgess, Jai Arrow, they are huge players going for the bench. Huge forwards, and their impact can be tremendous on an account. They both make 200 metres plus. South Sydney will win the game. I've got South by six, which leads us to the. The deciding vote on this podcast of who is going to win the grand final, Josh. I'm not saying you're going to your vote's going to be actually who wins, but it could be. Who who you got, mate? Who's winning the grand final? The the funny thing is that I had my vote and I crossed it out earlier and changed my vote. So you know, I I'm torn, and I think um, (laughs) he's torn every time. Oh, you know, damn right. Skippy's tip has um, led me led me away. He um, tipped tipped Melbourne, tipped Para. Penrith won both games. Now he's back on Penrith, so I think Penrith are going to lose now. Oh. Just to <laughs> spite Skip, basically. Um, I'm tipping the Rabbitohs by two. It's going to be a tight game. I think Adam Reynolds is going to kick a penalty goal in like the thirtieth or potentially the twentieth minute. And that's going to be the difference at the end of the game. I just want to make it clear that I haven't paid anyone to be a part of the show today. Everybody's here by their own free will. They've tipped who they want by their free will. Uh, they didn't pay me. <laughs> Only Kozru's on a contract here. Free time appearance. Uh, but listen, uh, the tab's got Penrith for favourites. CF's obviously the favourites on the panel 3-2, so it's pretty close here, pretty divided on who we think's going to win. I think this green well, final... Three I... Sorry? <laughs> Three wrong answers. Well, look at that, jeez, mate! You better avoid me come come Monday if you guys lose. Anyway, because uh, jeez, mate. Um, if yeah, we'll, we'll see. I don't want to. I'm not going to make a joke about how I'm going to be here Monday if we lose. But anyway, I'm not going to do that. Um, but but what I will say is that I think Doop is the only one that had this game being 13 plus because he's delusional. But this ga- this green final. <laughs> is going to be a grand final that I think is going to be decided in key moments. Individuals going to have to stand up to win it. I think it's going to be one of the best grand finals we've had in years, guys. What do you think? You under that assumption? Oh, I mean, I'll, tell you, I'll, I'll, tell you, I'll tell you on Monday. Okay. It's one of the best grand finals in years. I'll tell you Monday. All right. Well, that's. thank you guys for being a part of the show. Hope everybody's enjoyed listening to Steve's NRL footy tips this year. We might even be back early next year. Uh, on February in February next year, I might even do a bit of a Supercoach draft special. We're going to do one this year, but Matt Cosru told everyone Josh Duncan's address, personal address, so we had to shelve that. But uh, that was originally going to open over the year. But thank you guys for <laughs> thank you guys for listening to the show this year. It means a lot. Um, it's been another big year for the show. Third year's coming up next year. How long until I'm cancelled? We'll find out. But uh, heading into the third year, it's been a good run so far. Uh, thank you. <laughs> Matt Cosru has always been a guest on the show. Josh Duncan, Matt Dupont, the delusional Penrith fan, Ethan Inskip, and uh, to end to end the year and to end the podcast, I just want to say glory, glory to South Sydney.